Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pick and Roll. This is your NBA betting show on the Board YouTube channel, which is the NBA content division of the Hammer Betting Network. Visit thehammer.bet for all your sports betting content. But if you're in for the NBA stuff, please make sure you are subscribed to this channel. Hit that thumbs up button as well if you enjoy the content and have been enjoying the content so far this season where the picks on the show have been successful and yesterday was no different. Only one play to talk about from yesterday, which was the same game parlay in- involving the Phoenix Suns game. And this might this might have been the easiest cover of the season. Uh, first of all, though, 88 and 70 record on the year, up seven and a half units, 4.1% ROI yesterday. No sweat. Chris Paul covers in the first quarter. Uh, DeAndre Aiden covers the points in the third quarter. Uh, Pips, I'm sure this was even better than expected for yourself. Yeah, it was working like a charm. They were just going to DeAndre Ayton like on every other possession. He was cooking Sabonis the entire game. And yeah, just amazing. So close to our first half cash because Ayton had 17 points at the the halftime. And yeah, just amazing game overall. So what was it about like, Chris Paul had eight assists in the first quarter, and I think he finished with six. I think it's 16 after three quarters. I don't even know what he finished with in this game. Um, h- how was Chris Paul, like, just curiosity, how is it so easy for him to rack up assists in this game? It was a couple of breakdowns of the Kings defense. So it was, like, easy layups and uh, easy, for easy, like, dunks. Uh, I think he get three assists on layups or dunks, like, wide open. And DeAndre Ayton didn't miss, so it's easy. You just throw the ball to DeAndre Ayton at the free throw line and he makes the shot. You get the assist. It's simple as that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had a hunch. Shot well, making by DeAndre yeah, we, we knew there was going to be a, a good amount of correlation here because obviously feeding Ayton in the post. Um, I, I don't think we thought there'd be quite as much as this, but uh, obviously. We will take that and move on to today, where there are four official picks coming your way for today. Uh, as we did in one of the previous shows, going to go through all four of the official picks uh, before Pips talks about them. Want to remind you guys that this show goes on for like roughly half an hour, sometimes more. By the time we get to the fourth play to talk about it, that line could have moved off of where it is currently. So we're going to give them all out right now, and then we will talk about them again. So. First of all, the first play, we are going to the Pacers. A lot of viewers will be happy to know we are betting against the Chicago Bulls today. Going with the most popular player prop on this show, Buddy Heald over two and a half threes, and we're pairing him with Tyrese Halliburton over seven and a half assists, which is minus 115 at DraftKings. I don't always guess correctly on the thumbnails on this show with players being involved. Today I did with Halliburton. Good stuff there. Second play is in the Jazz and Grizzlies game. We have John Morant over 24 and a half points. That is, I'm going to guess, 25 plus on DraftKings. And we have Colin Sexton over 13 and a half points, which is minus 115 at DraftKings. That Sexton one could also be featured in his second batch of, of player prop numbers rather than just the main batch that you'd see normally. Third play, just a straight one on Brandon Ingram over 25 and a half points against his former team, the Los Angeles Lakers, that is minus 111 at FanDuel. Give you a bit of time to see that one and let that one settle in. Before we move into the fourth play that we have here, Cavaliers 
at the 76ers, a possible first-round playoff matchup in the Eastern Conference. Man, what a series this could possibly be if they're the 4-5. But uh, Garland over 17.5 points paired with Joel Embiid over 24.5 points. Once again, I imagine that Embiid one could be listed as a 25-plus. So make sure you look through properly. That is minus 120 at DraftKings. So those are the four plays. Now we're going to allow Pips to break them all down individually to talk about the match, what he likes, what he likes about these specific plays, starting with that Bulls and Pacers play going against the Chicago Bulls. Here it is. So the, the first one is like, we, we will have the, the, this in, in, in the discussion part. I'll talk about this, precisely this, because if you look, look at data, this bet doesn't look as great as it looks like in, mm-hmm. when you just like examine the data a bit more. So we are going with body healed over trees. I think that's probably the bet we had most on the, on this show. And I don't think he, we missed once on body healed uh, lower line of, of trees. I think he hit like in every game, maybe like seven out of eight, but we had such a great hit rate on this and Halliburton over assists. I, I think this is a great spot, especially if we see Caruso playing and with the Rosen out, we could see Caruso starting and guarding Taris. And I don't think he will shoot much in that matchup. Yeah. And I think the ball will go to the corners, to the priest, and we'll see Buddy Hill knocking them out uh, over the season when he gets 25 or more minutes. He cleared this line in 85% of the games. Tarish Halliburton coming into this game after 12 assists in the, against, in the last game. And I expect this to be like heavy Tarish Halliburton and healed some guard, and guard, guard pick and rolls and a lot of shooting from from Buddy. He had like amazing run and then poor shooting last game. I think he was two for eleven. So this is a, a nice bounce box spot for Hill, best shooter in the entire league this season. And Bulls are the great matchup. They allow the third most spot up shoot sh- sh- spot up threes in the league. There's their defense on shooting guard and small forward and threes is like they allow I think third most in the entire league. So this is a perfect matchup for this combo. And I, I just like bet it so much this season and I love it. So I, I think this is a good segue. Uh, let's just quickly touch on the, the stats that you were speaking of. Uh, you messaged me before, before the show about the Chicago Bulls, how um, they're one of the luckiest teams in the NBA in a recent stretch, but they're four and seven. Um, they, allow some of the most open three-point opportunities in the league. Let me, let me pull up the numbers exactly here. Um, teams shoot 29% against them uh, with league average is 36, despite the fact that, that they allow so many good looks. So the Bulls are losing games at a big rate after not making any trades the deadline, but they are one of the luckiest teams in the league currently. So uh, do you want to uh, elaborate any further on that point? So how did I get to this? data because i just looked last i think 15 games uh uh, three points allowed in the entire league and i saw bulls allowing fifth more at fifth least makes from the three-point line i was like that's that that there's something is wrong here and i look at the allowed three points shots and they are by allowing by far the least the, the worst uh, shooting percentage 
but I watched some games and I know they are teams are getting great looks from the three-point line against them. So that didn't match. So I went a bit further and looked into it, and they allowed the sixth most threes in the entire league attempts, and they allowed fifth least threes makes. And yeah, that's because teams are shooting 29% against them. 29 and league average is 36. So like on, on, on some huge sample size, that's like almost like five to, to, to like their defensive rating is like looking great now, but it's really not. They just things are just shooting under it. And also they are, as you said, four and seven over the last 11 games, but they beat Hornets. So one of the worst team in the league. Spurs, the worst thing in the league. Portland, yeah. one of the worst things in the league. And Orlando Magic on some unbelievable like luck on shooting. They, they were shooting like 65% from the field in that game. DeMar DeRozan was 5 for 5 for five from 3 in that game. So even those games that they won, it was like terrible, terrible against terrible teams. And they lost against every decent team. So, so yeah, the, the, these records like looks terrible, and it should be even worse. So that's like amazing about about the Bulls, and yeah, just just some interesting spot in the data. And also, when you guys when you do the own, own research and like if you see like Bulls being allowing the most threes throughout the entire year, and now you look at the data about last fifteen games, and you see them being the top five in. in like there is there could be something else so you need to go on some other sites and check the attempts check the shooting and all, all kinds of numbers and when you check all this it, it you get a bigger a bigger picture of what's going on there so like if i just saw that they allowed the fifth list assist i would stay away from this bet but it doesn't make sense because allowing so many shots so make sense on that. Let's move into our second play of the day. We're going to the Los Angeles. Sorry, we're going to the Memphis Grizzlies as they host the Utah Jazz. We're going John Morant and Colin Sexton this one. Uh, what do we have here? So we're betting John Morant over 24 and a half points combined with Sexton over 13 and a half points, which is minus 150 at, at DraftKings. So last game, Utah Jazz, they allowed... Uh, 30 points to Tyrese Halliburton. Game before that, they allowed uh, 38 points to Jalen Brunson. So, like, Edwards had, like, 31 in a blowout. Uh, like, every guard had, like, point guard had amazing games against Utah Jazz. And I was saying that, like, 15 times over the season on, 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 on the show. Yep. Utah Jazz and defending of, of the point guards, like one of the worst in the league, they actually third allowed third most points to point guards. Huge pace, weak defense, and like ton of shots and ton of transition chances, and that's just John Morant's game, and he should really cook this one in this game. And the other part is with 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 a trade of of of. Um, Mike Conley, Colin Sexton is getting like way more minutes. He's starting at the point guard and he's playing 30, 30 plus minutes a game. And if you just take a look at the, at the Sexton numbers throughout the season, 
when he gets the minutes, he he just he's scoring machine. And if you take a look at, at the games where he played uh, 25 or more minutes, and he should get close to 32, like 30 to 34 minutes tonight. And in the games where he played 25 or more minutes, he cleared this line in 86%. And with wow. Dylan Brooks probably on Clarkson, and then focusing on stopping Lauri Markkanen and no Steven Adams to like for a rim protection. I think Colin Sexton with his heavy driving and like attack the rim mindset, he will get plenty to the line. And he will he will like with, with those minutes he just killing this line entire season. And Clarkson has a worse matchup. Lauri Markkanen has a worse matchup. So it's it will be down to Sexton doing some some magic this in this game. Yep, good stuff on the second play. Let's move into the third play here. Um, I am under the understanding that this has moved off since we have given it out here. So hopefully you guys got that in when we did provide it here. But the third play is Brandon Ingram against the Los Angeles Lakers over on the points here. What do you like about this one? So I'll just say, like, out of all the bookies, bookmakers, uh, the FanDuel is moving it the, 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 like, quickest way. So yeah, this is now 26 and a half on FanDuel, but it's still 25 and a half minus 115. So only just four cents higher on Caesars, DraftKings, and BetMGM. So it's like still widely available. But, so if you guys, you should usually just check and line shop, but this one is still widely available. So Ingram, it, this one is a very interesting bet because CJ McCollum is obviously questionable for this game. But I didn't. I just I like it even if he's playing. But if he's not playing, this could drop to the 24 and a half or 25 and a half because it will throughout the day it could move to 26 and a half. But uh, Ingram last four games or even five, 26 against Dallas Mavericks, a probably difficult matchup because Dallas is playing great defense. It was. In a game where look, I think Luka Doncic and Kyrie still didn't be a part of that team, so their defense was great. And Brandon Ingram scored 26 points. The next game, Brandon Ingram played against the Los Angeles Lakers, and he had two fouls two minutes into the game. So he played only two minutes in the first quarter, and I think indeed he played entire third, uh, the entire second. And so he ended up playing 32 minutes which is four minutes less than usual because of the foul trouble. And he scored, scored 35 points. And CJ McCall was playing that game. So we, we get the same matchup, probably a bit worse defense with addition of D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. And with that being said, 35 points in shorter minutes. It's like, and there is a thing with Brandon Egan playing against the Lakers. I know this is kind of narrative thing, like, he was playing there and he moved. But with Brandon Ingram, it's a really not. And I'll show you why. So throughout his career, he has 25% usage. And if you take a look against the Los Angeles Lakers, it's 32. So like big difference. He just wants to like score against this team. And I saw some games where he was like 25 field goal attempts with everyone healthy on this team. Like almost almost like the highest season usage every season. And yeah, that, that's that, that's something to have in mind. For like, for example, he had like 30, 28% usage last season, 34 against the Lakers. And this season he, he is just like 
I, I watched that game. He he was playing like uh, so he got 42% usage in the game against the Lakers this season. Also the highest of the season. And last season it was also the highest of the last season against the Lakers. So there is a thing there. Like it's not just a narrative, it's a real thing. So we are betting on Brandon Igami. This so I, I just I can go with a bit further and say like against the Hawks, he had very difficult matchup in with DeAndre Hunter and Campella inside, he still scored 30 points. He Against the Cleveland, he scored 25 in one of the most difficult matchups in, in the entire season. So only one point short against the Cavs. Like that's that's uh, that's like he like compared to the 35 against the Lakers. And in the last game against Oklahoma City Thunder's another gay defense, he scored 34. So he great spot for for betting. Yeah, game. yeah, love this spot and all all the movement here is is clearly suggesting that it is a very good spot here if you did manage to snag that 25 and a half um available if you can line shop other places as well if it continues to move off of that one but uh love the spot here on brandon ingram all right let's go into our final play go into the fourth official play of the day loaded slate here we're going to the Cavs and we're going to the sixers to involve darius garland and joel Embiid. so we are betting like this will be one of probably the most interesting game of the slate and we have Darius Garland over 70 and a half points and a bid over 24 and a half points. And yeah, I'll just go say like Embiid probably not a great greatest matchup, but if you take a look over the last six games, uh Embiid against the Cliff, uh, Cavaliers, he scored 42, 40, 22 in a ball, 35-44. So out of the last Six games, he had 35 or more points in four of them, 40-plus points in three of them. And the last game, it was a huge blowout. I think Kaos won by 30. And Embiid had only 19 points in a low-scoring game, but that was the game without James Harden. And it's very more, dif- more difficult to play against Cavaliers, against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley without James Harden. So Harden always open up things for him, and so that that part of the game is pretty pretty clear. And I, of course, the the, the MB line was thirty three and a half and thirty two and a half, and it's pulled back to thirty and a half because it's a it's a difficult matchup. So yeah. I think with that being said, twenty five plus points is yeah, indeed this is on the twenty five plus points uh, on, on the side, and Darius Garland. I like Donovan Mitchell didn't have like, like the great Donovan Mitchell didn't have great games against the Embiid inside, and he'll get probably the more focus, so he probably gets the Melton cover, and that's difficult cover for Donovan Mitchell, no matter how great he is, and that will like probably get uh, Darius Garland to play against James Harden, and yeah, <laughs> James just can keep up with Darius, <laughs> especially since he's, he will get probably moved off the ball. He will play a lot of dribble handoffs with Jared Allen and with Embiid being in a drop coverage, but in a zone drop coverage, uh, Garland coming off the screens, probably multiple, like Evan, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen screens. He'll like get double screens and get rid of Harden probably on the first one, but he will also have the second one. So there is not a bull anymore. So like, yeah, way more easier job for Darius. And Darius is amazing pull-up shooter from the middle 
from floater area, from the from the three point line, and with Embiid being in drop zone, he he cooked him every game over the last over the last couple of seasons. So last I would just say last five games against the 76ers, they scored 27, 26, 22, 23, and 21 in a huge blowout with Donovan Mitchell. So last game was 21 in a huge blowout with Donovan Mitchell. And so yeah, 21 and more in the five straight against the Embiid inside. And amazing matchup for Darius Garland. Yeah, I, I actually have a little piece of info on Garland here statistically that also kind of feels just just coincidentally I have this. Uh, but over the last 15 games, Darius Garland has taken 60 pull-up threes, which is ninth most in the league in that span. And he has hit 45% of them. He is just absolutely dialed in from deep right now, especially on these pull-up threes, everywhere from three. Um, so love the spot here. I'm kind of curious. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Darius is probably one of my top five favorite young players in the league. I was huge on him even before he shined because the way he was like developing and improving season after season is like amazing. And he's a very fun player to watch. He can create for others, like you no, know, like everyone in the league. Great, great creator, great pull-up shooter, great from everywhere on the court. And yeah, love, love Darius Garland. I'm kind of curious uh, on the Embiid side here on the 24 and a half. It's such a difficult matchup against the Cavs with all these good defenders. Just why do you think he's so? He just continues to eat against the Cavs. Why do you think he plays so well against the Cavs despite these tough matchups? Because they don't double team him like when mm. some some players covers way more in against the great defensive players than they do against the weak defensive players. Because if you have terrible defender on in bid, you know you need to double him. You know yeah. that that guy doesn't have any chance. But if you have Jared Allen, if you had Rudy Gobert, if you had like Bema Debye or like anyone, you just know you can just okay this guy will. Have, this guy have ability to stay in front of him, and we all, everyone in the league is good when Embiid is settling for mid-range shots. Like you can shoot however you want mid-range shots, we are good with it, as long as you are not having 15 free throws or more a game and like destroying us inside. So I think Jared Allen is a great player to stay in front of him, and I don't think that he needs much help against the Embiid. So I think he will drop back and let him shoot and. Yeah, he will get, like when he will get some free throws. He will get probably a couple of two or one or one or two threes, which will be enough for him to score score close to thirty points. Uh, Mid is very 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 consistent scorer. If you like in every if you look at close games, he is almost like certain to score twenty eight to forty points every night. But area twenty eight to thirty five points like very very consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially as you get higher up in points, you can you can allow a little bit more variance there. So, uh, love that spot, love that information. A little brief thing: somebody put in the chat here. Doy eats worlds puts in. Uh, side talk: Booker's two threes away from beating the Nash Suns record for three pointers made. I think we're in an era right now where we're going to see so many all time three pointers made for teams. Like we're in an area where they're just all going to get obliterated. Like. I, I don't know who has the record for the Cavs. I mean, maybe it, maybe it's LeBron. <laughs> but, like, I could even see if Garland is there for a long enough time. Like, just the volume at which these guys are taking shots, it, it's ridiculous. We're going to see a lot more like that. Speaking of LeBron, we want to talk about his team here. 
The Los Angeles Lakers are one of the biggest buyers, I'd say, at the NBA trade deadline. But is it going to be enough to get them into the playoffs and satisfy uh, LeBron's hunger to win games and compete at the highest level? So I actually looked at the odds before we went into this. The Lakers are on DraftKings plus 215 to make the playoffs, minus 275 not to make the playoffs. And it would be it'd be pretty catastrophic of the Lakers to not make the playoffs considering the fact that they did trade away that 2027 first round pick, which I would say has a great likelihood to be very valuable here. They're 26 and 32. They've lost six of their last 10 games and they are in the 13th place, two and a half games back at the Utah Jazz for 10th. So Pips, not a ton of games left here, but enough to change course here. Do the Lakers have enough to make the playoffs? I think they I think they'll make the plane, but I don't know about the playoffs. So I can see them catching up on the eighth or ninth or tenth seed. But playoffs, you need to wave in two straight games and if they are healthy and like on a great run, one of the wins, they can probably beat beat teams in seventh and eighth place. No one wants to play the Lakers and LeBron James in these playing games. No. But I think it will be 50-50 if they get as the lower seed. In, in, and that's like a huge gamble. And But like the great thing is the, the Utah Jazz got rid of some good players. So they could probably drop off during the rest of the season. I am not a believer in Portland Trailblazers. Thunders are great, but... Uh, the the loss uh, to Thunder's hurts this uh, a lot. That, that that game could actually be very meaningful. Mm -hmm. I don't see. <laughs> it's difficult. Warriors are in the ninth place, uh, and I think they will probably be between Warriors and Lakers, like nine, ten place. I I can see Lakers like going to the to the tenth seed and being behind Warriors, Timberwolves, and. Kings, I think, like, I think playing teams will be Kings, Wolves, Warriors, and Lakers. Interesting. I think Kings will drop off. They started dropping off. Wow. They are 5-5 five five last 10, and they have the most difficult schedule throughout the entire season to, to the rest of the season. And, yeah, I watched them last night, and I wasn't, like, I, I didn't – I wasn't happy with the way Kings <laughs> played last night. Their defense is just very poor. Yeah, the Kings The Kings are a strange one because they're in third right now. They have 32 wins. They have the same amount of wins as the Suns, so you'd have to expect past them at some point. Uh, same amount of wins as the Clippers, who I don't think you can expect that, but I think it's probable the Clippers go over that. The Mavericks are on 31 wins, and with Kyrie there, I think they will start to make a bit of a push. The Pelicans have 30 wins. Once they get healthy, if they get healthy, I think they can make a bit of a push there. So it could be difficult for the Kings. But from a Lakers perspective, I think the Thunder at some point will be a little bit happy to like fall out of that and you know prioritize a draft pick. I don't think they'll mind that at least. The Jazz as well, who sold at the deadline, I don't think that'll be a problem for them. The Blazers are a team the Lakers can catch. I, I think I, I think at this point, I, I could see the Lakers 
getting themselves into like a nine or 10 seed. I, I don't, I just, I don't think they'll have enough legs to actually host a playing game. I'm actually interested to see what the chat has to say, what the comments have to say. Let us know if you think the Lakers just, will make the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll just check something. Like they are 11 and 10 over the last 21 games, and they beat Houston four times and Spurs three times in those 11 wins. So yeah, they are not playing Spurs in Houston throughout the, the entire the rest of the season. They are not playing like very bad poor teams. So. Yeah, I, I I think they will drop to the playing spots. And, and the recent loss to the Blazers, that could be significant. As you mentioned, those significant losses here. I kind of want to talk about, that was the first game we saw the new cast together. Obviously, things can change here. But contrary to what I thought they would go with, they started Russell, Davis, um, Troy Brown, who I would imagine would turn into LeBron James when he's healthy. But they also started Hachimura and Schroeder. So I'm not... Too surprised on Hachimura starting instead of Vanderbilt, but Dennis Schroeder starting when you have Malik Beasley, who actually played really well in this game. Um, I think that's an interesting decision by Darwin Ham, but what do you think is the best starting five for this Lakers team for the rest of the season? Do you think Dennis Schroeder should be involved? I don't have much problems with Dennis Schroeder being involved because he's a better defender than, than Malik Beasley. Fair enough. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with Schroeder playing like I'm not okay with him starting, but he's playing 36 minutes a night, which is maybe a little too much. But I'm okay with Schroeder starting and play 30 minutes. And my starting five is pretty easy. Like I'll say like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, LeBron James, and uh, Anthony Davis. And then you have like decent guys of the bench with Hachimura, with Schroeder, with Lonnie Walker. Like that's a decent team that can compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I just it's, I think it's be so difficult. It, it's just if they can stay healthy, which is a massive if for this team. I, I struggle to want to. I struggle to bet against LeBron James if he's in the playing tournament. And I think that if you're Denver or Phoenix, I think more importantly, if you're Denver, I would not want to get the Lakers in the first round. I mean, I, I don't think the Lakers would win that. But like, if I if I'm Denver, I really, really, really want to make sure I'm getting like Minnesota or uh, Sacramento. If you put them there, or Portland, I do not want to face LeBron and AD. In the playoffs, so and I will say, I will say, if we get to the playoffs with that team, this team can win against the Denver Nuggets. They they can win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I do like. I, I, I I'm like, a fan of the. Rockets. I will say Denver obviously great favorites there, but yeah, like also, sure. yeah, I think they can be like game seven won't be like huge surprise for me in that series. It's just, it's a test. The Lakers with Westbrook, they had a really rough start to the season. They started two and eight, but they've been above 500 since that point, since that ugly start. So I don't think they're as bad as people make them out to be, but they are, they do still have their problems here. But like you said, I, so, I can see them surprising somebody. So if, if this Lakers team was playing the entire season, they'll make of, uh, of the playoffs comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. If this team was on the, on like from the start and they, didn't have any major injuries, I think they'll be like fourth or third in the West. Yeah, I, I agree. So, again, not a team you want to play in the first round. As far as starting fives from my side, I like this one that Franco has here. This is the one that I would use. 
Um, I, know, will... I, said, I said the same. I said the yeah. same. Yeah, I, I, but I will say it, it admittedly that uh, Vanderbilt didn't look the best next to AD uh, so far, but like it, it's it's very small sample size. So um, we'll we'll have to see on that. But the, the plus two fifteen. Sorry. The problem with this team is Vanderbilt and AD can shoot, and LeBron is also not a great shooter. So you have yeah. probably three non shooters on the same team, and that's never, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's difficult. But yeah. Malik Beasley and DLO are great shooters, so you, you just need also adding Kachimura, not non shooter, adding, adding a shorter non shooter. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of non-shooters. Uh, it's it's no wonder, I guess, there there have been some struggles with this team. But it'll be interesting to see again. Plus two fifteen to make the playoffs, minus two seventy-five. Not to. I'm definitely not going to take a minus two seventy-five. A plus two fifteen looks somewhat interesting. But I feel like once you get to the playing tournament, you could find some. There 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 might be some better price available. What do you think on that? I just think their schedule is tough. Yeah. So like, if they had like like average schedule i would be like heavy in favor of plus 215 but they also win against some great teams this season when they are healthy so it's like them figuring out the portland blazers loss is like one of the most unbelievable losses in the entire season because uh the shooting variance was like totally in not favor of, of the lakers uh, I think like they made 2023 20, uh, threes in that game and expected was I think 13 or 14 like so they were like almost 10 threes above expectations that's 30 points so yeah. I think that one hurts because it was just unlucky because if you take a look go back and watch all the threes scored I think you'll see like what defense can do better this there like out of 23. 20 were great defended, defended great. And you don't count on Taibu wide open trees because you want him to take them. So, yeah. like, he made four out of six and changed the game. And Damian Lillard, same time, was in the first half where he made, like, eight threes in the first half. Like, yeah, 30 and a half. And that's, yeah, it's pull up trees uh, with hands in, hands in the face. Like, what, what can you do about it? Like, when he yeah. gets hot, you can't do it much. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> that was that was funny. Uh, Darwin Ham, Lakers coach, after that game, he was asked about the Lakers defense, and he said, like, uh, based on he said he looked at some numbers at halftime. Like our defense was great. It's just like these shots are going in. So, yeah, yeah I, I most of the time the Lakers would do better in that game, but we'll be interested to see if they can go over the line for the rest of the season. But um, that should wrap up the show for today. Any final thoughts on the Lakers before we wrap up? Mm-hmm. nothing that we haven't already said all right so we'll wrap up the show here again we have the four plays for you guys for today uh hopefully you can still get some of these numbers hopefully some of these are still available but bulls at pacers first play we're going with buddy healed over two and a half threes the most popular play on the show pair with Therese halbert over seven and a half assists minus 115 at DraftKings. the second official play was the utah jazz at the memphis grizzlies john rent over 24 and a half points uh, paired with Colin Sexton over 13 and a half points, minus 115 at DraftKings. Third play, Pelicans at Lakers, Brandon Ingram over 25 and a half points, minus 111 at Fandle. Brandon Ingram has fared well against his former team, hopefully more of the same here. 
And the final play, Cavaliers at 76ers, Darius Garland over 17 and a half points, Joel Embiid over 24 and a half points, minus 120 at DraftKings. Yes, one more thing. I'll just say, like, obviously we are not on Twitter anymore. So, guys, if you are watching this for the first time on YouTube, please subscribe, like, it means a lot to us. We are now pushing a bit heavy on YouTube and trying to grow our channel. And it will mean a lot to us. And just like, it takes like five seconds to just press the like button and to subscribe. Less than five seconds. You take no time out of your day, but it helps us out a lot, as he mentioned. Let's hope these pigs cash. We'll be back tomorrow as we are, as usual, for a week there on 1120 AM for more from Pick and Roll. Thanks again, everybody. 